Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyers Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, post up together. Who's ready to hear an inspirational weight loss surgery story? Today, we're talking to Alicia. Hey, Alicia, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you. I got to tell you, you have a podcast. I, you have like four episodes. And so I listened to all of them the other day, just doing my homework. So your podcast is about telling your, your childhood stories. Like I love the one about your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it was so hilarious and I really liked it. I thought it was hilarious and funny and I can't wait to hear it more. I haven't recorded any in a while because my health got so bad, but I look forward to starting that back up again. Yeah, I, I really did like that. So you've had bariatric surgery. Yes, ma'am. What kind of surgery did you have? I had BSG, which stands for vertical sleeve gastrectomy. When did you have your surgery? I had it at the very end of 2020. So December 29th, 2020. So not very long ago. So you're how far out? One year and exactly 17 days post-op. Yeah, I just celebrated my surgery anniversary. Okay, yeah. So tell me about your journey that brought you to bariatric surgery bariatric surgery well I guess since we were talking about childhood stories my struggles with obesity have been completely lifelong since I was a little girl I used food for comfort very early on I was left home alone because my mom became a single mother and she had two small little girls me at five and my sister at like not even one and so I was I had to come home to an empty home in kindergarten and kind of fend for myself until mom got back from her job working as a nurse at the hospital. And so I learned very early on, you know, to use food for comfort. And it was something that definitely exploded when I went to college and I had all the foods that I wanted to available to me. Mom couldn't police my food anymore, tell me I was getting too big. And so I was able to eat whatever I wanted to. And I began putting on weight relatively quickly, but I was always active. I played field hockey in high school. I did tennis. When I met my husband, I did kickboxing and I ran for fun. Um, So I was a plus size girl, but I was an active plus size girl. And throughout my journey through motherhood, um, I've had some difficult birth experiences with my children, some complications due to those experiences, I put on a lot of weight. And due to one of my postpartum complications, I was actually told that I needed to be bed bound. I was having seizures and the neurologist was trying to figure out what was causing the seizures, but I was too big to fit in the MRI machine properly for them to get a good scan. And those scans are not cheap. Those are like $500 a pop with insurance. So At that point, because he was worried that we could cause more injury, he told me in about April of 2020 that I needed to stay as horizontal as possible to not get up 
unless necessary, like to go to the restroom. And so I would be in bed all day and I would get up to come to this office. I have stuff all over the place, but to shoot content or to do something because I was a influencer and social media content creator with my other account, the Brown Mom Experience. And I would do those things and I would walk from this office to my bedroom and be back horizontal. And I put on quite a bit of weight during that experience. And um, while I was bed bound, my children would come in the room and they would check on me and ask me, was I doing okay? And did I sleep okay? And that as a mother, we feel horrible. I'm a very active mom. I'm good morning. How are you guys doing? Did you sleep okay? Let's, let's have a good day today. And they're doing that to me. And it just made me feel horrible. And so I was in bed and I was watching something on YouTube. I was actually watching a bodybuilding show. And I was saying, you know, I really want to make a change. And so I called my insurance company. We had just increased our policy from like the silver to the gold plan to try to reduce some of the costs for all the MRI exams I was getting because they cost and I was wondering if because we switched plans if bariatric services were now on my policy and so I called and they said that it was and that they would set me up with a bariatric coordinator with the insurance company and that took a month to get that call and then when I got that call the lady told me here are all the requirements and it was a list of things that some of them had a five-year long to-do list on them um, like medical history of weight and that you've tried to lose weight on your own, you know, things like that. They tried uh-huh. doing the surgery. They gave me a list of preferred providers in the area. And so I called a few of them and I got an appointment and my first appointment with a surgeon was virtual. So kind of like this, that was in September. So a lot of waiting from July to September. And then I had my first appointment with a doctor in September and that started my clock for bariatric surgery. Exciting, exciting. I bet you were ready. You were ready. Yeah, I was. I was trying so many different things. And at that point, I was actually paid to try to lose weight with different diet programs. And I would lose five pounds here, 10 pounds here. One, I lost 20 pounds. And then I would gain it back plus more. And it became really discouraging and mm-hmm. uh, frustrating because that wasn't me. Like I was bigger than I was during any of my pregnancies. And it was difficult to exist. Breathing was difficult. Standing up was difficult. I said, oh, I'm going to make dinner tonight and tried to stand up and make dinner. And if you ever see that show, my 600 pound life, and you see the person Uh bring the chair to the stove. That was all that. Yeah. Cutting food and yeah. yeah. To be me. Like I'm, a, I'm an active mom. I used to take my kids to the aquarium by myself, three kids, four kids solo. And now I'm having to sit in a chair to stir spaghetti that, that made me feel really discouraged as a woman and as a mother. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I wanted more for my family and for myself. It's amazing how your movement just gets less and less the bigger you get. It's, it's not that you're lazy. It's just, it's easier to do things in a lazier way it's hard. It's, it gets harder getting in and out of a car, getting your seatbelt, you know, things like that. The pain on my lower back and on the base of my neck, I remember it was just like, it was like somebody sat a ton of bricks, like a big slab of bricks from Home Depot on your back. And you're trying to carry that. And it was because I had so much 
weight hanging from my abdomen out front. It was just so difficult. Mobility was almost near impossible. You had your surgery, the the VSG surgery. What was that like? Well, the the journey to surgery was a little bit difficult for me. The hospital where I had surgery had a malware attack. Like I got my surgery date, then they had a malware attack. So they couldn't access any patient records. So everything that was turned in from that point was completely lost. And they're like, if you have copies of it, can you bring a physical copy to us or fax it to us? Because that's the only way that we could submit information for insurance for approval. And it was like, you've got to be kidding me. Who carries their records around? Like who gets copies of anything when you go to the doctor's office? Right. So normally people don't, except I went to an HBCU where they lost our paperwork quite a bit. So I had learned through experience, keep a copy of everything you submit. So I had my happy planner with all of my medical documentation. in. Oh my gosh. Give me a copy of your paperwork. Otherwise we can't do bariatric surgery on you. I was like, okay, well, here it is, you know, in full, like I was able to (laughs) submit it to them in no time. And it was, it was kind of frustrating because a lot of people were getting surgeries canceled and then COVID cases were spiking. And so uh-huh. um, they were canceling elective surgeries. The hospital was like, we're not doing any elective surgeries at some one point. And then the doctors were like, hey, these aren't elective. These are keeping people from dying from COVID. You need to let us operate. Otherwise, you know, they were getting really upset. The head doctor actually no longer works at that hospital anymore because she was so frustrated. She's actually down in Florida now. but. Um, it was a really interesting experience. Um, right before surgery, they called and said that my surgery was going to be canceled because insurance wouldn't approve it because I did a program that shortened your nutrition education requirements from six months to three months it was an accelerated program and United Healthcare wasn't going to accept it. So they said I needed to come up with supplementary documentation showing that I got education through any other diet program. Remember I said I was paid to try diet programs. So I had proof. So I had to go through my emails and this portal app and just literally screenshot and print out. I printed out a hundred pages worth of documentation. I wow. emailed it to United Healthcare, faxed it to United Healthcare, and hand delivered it to the doctor's office to be like, this is my documentation. Here's 100 pages. I'm sure we can come up with an additional three months out of all of this. And they were like, we can't believe you came up with this that fast. So it went from canceled and denied to approved and rescheduled for the same day within 24 hours. I was very determined to not let anything stop me. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I was determined and I got that done. Um, went and did my no starch diet, the liquid diet, got to surgery, was you know ready. They were still in the middle of a malware attack. So they did everything paper, pencil which was interesting to see everyone walking around with these paper charts in the hospital where everything's digital now. So, but we made it, we made it to surgery day. And you got it done. How was your surgery? Did you have any complications? Was it? Yes. So I actually, um, so I mentioned earlier that I had some complicated birth experiences and that definitely came into play with my VSG surgery. I am a two-time survivor of uterine rupture. Most people don't survive the first, let alone the second. And normally oh. if they're survivor, they, their children don't. So it's normally you choose the mother or the child. In my case, my children and I survived both instances because I had to advocate for myself. Um, wow. 
whatever I needed. So I'm a, I'm a living, walking testimony. But um, because of all of that trauma, I was left with a lot of internal scar tissue. And so the surgery was supposed to be 45 minutes long. My surgery was two and a half, almost three hours long because they had to remove scar tissue to even access my stomach to even do the sleeve. And I'm so oh thankful the doctor took the time to do that for me. Otherwise, you know, he could have just got in there and said, nope, can't do it. And then I would have gone through all of that for nothing. But he took the time to do the work and he got it done. And I'm so thankful. But the, the pain, because of all that manipulation, it was mm-hmm. difficult. The recovery was, I think mine was a little more intense than normal. Um, I accidentally, so I was told, allegedly, I accidentally punched a nurse when I came to. So I apologize to that nurse. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't need it. That's what I was told. So. So awesome that you were able to get through it and get in there and do it. And because sometimes, well, they say that if you don't do the pre-op diet and you have the liver fat, then um, they'll cancel it. But to have your surgery and have all of that and scar tissue and he still did it is just amazing. It really is. And I'm so thankful. And I was really afraid that my liver wasn't going to shrink enough. And I was like very militant when it came to my diet and my husband was still bringing in the fast food. And, and I was very angry with him during that time because I couldn't have it. I was like, if I eat this, I will die on the surgery table. And like, oh man, it was, that was a rough Christmas. <laughs> that was Gosh, a rough Christmas. I can't imagine mine was in June. I can't imagine doing that in during the holidays. I, oh yeah. Cause that's when all the food is just so accessible and everybody's eating and eating and all the goodies and Thanksgiving. Oh, forget it. Forget it. Yeah. Yep. I actually started my, the three week, no starch diet right at Thanksgiving. So yeah, it was, um, it was fun times not it was not fun but it wasn't impossible and I made sure I did what it this was important to me this was important to me I needed to reclaim my health and I needed to not only reclaim my health but be able to be more present with my children and not have my children visit me at my bedside or worry that their mom was going to die like that was enough for me to say you know what I'll skip out on this I don't need that Christmas cookie I'll I can mm-hmm. do without a pizza and I will be okay. Yeah. What was your starting weight and what was your surgery weight and what's your weight right now? So my surgery weight was um, 371. My starting weight and my weight up until December was 397 pounds. I didn't start losing weight until the starch-free diet. And then when I got home from the hospital, my weight was 308. I was pissed. I was like, wait a minute. I did everything. I went to the hospital and I lost no weight. I'm coming home heavier. That part really trips me out. Um, And today I am 225 pounds. Wow. That's amazing. Pounds lost. How tall are you? Five, five. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. I bet you feel so much better. You can get around more. You can catch up with your kids. I can't imagine the total different life existence that you have now. Absolutely. My existence is completely night and day. I went from being bed bound to not very mobile. 
and my husband being the primary caregiver of my children and myself to where I am able to reclaim my home, um, put things back to how I like them organized wise. My office is not a reflection of that right now. I'm still organizing things, but um, I'm able to be more present with my kids, more active with my children. I'm able to do the appointments and all the things that I did before I got so sick that I was bedbound and we have a puppy I take the puppy for walks I love exercising I weight lift five days a week and it's so much fun and like also I had sleep apnea and didn't know it until I started the weight loss surgery process and now my severe sleep apnea that I was diagnosed with pre-op I no longer have I have my sleep apnea is completely resolved and even though I've discovered a heart condition my heart condition is to the point where it can self-resolve at any moment. I just have to make sure to get monitored regularly. That's so amazing. I had obstructive sleep apnea, so I don't know really what that entails, except I snored really loud. My stepson was terrified at night to go to the bathroom in the dark because I was in the next room snoring and he was scared, terrified. That's horrible. Isn't that horrible? That's so horrible. But it's scary because obstructive sleep apnea means that air, like your airway is blocked and that you can't mm-hmm. get home. Did they tell you how often you stopped breathing at night? They didn't even do a test on me. They just, because I had breast cancer in 2011. I had Hashimoto's. I had a fatty liver disease. I don't know what else, but I just had several things. And nothing, none of them were like super horrible, but it was just, it was enough that they were like, okay, you're good. <laughs> you know, they didn't even test me. They, they knew. Yeah. Girl, you are a survivor too. I'm I know so- it. Yes, ma'am. What did you do the first time that you were able to eat solid food and you were like shocked? You were like, what? The first time you felt that restriction, how was that like? So my, my restriction was on extra snatch. I don't know like how slim Dr. Friesen made my, my sleeve. I don't know if it was because of all the additional surgery with removal of scar tissue, but I had this thing called stomach spasms, which anytime I put any liquid down my throat, my stomach just felt like it was getting ready to jump out of my skin. And it was so painful. Oh my God. Um, give me a prescription to help with that because it was like, she's not taking in enough fluids. Um, oh food for the first time was, was difficult. Swallowing was like, uh, I felt, I kept questioning, like, is something wrong here? I, did they give me any stomach? Like, do I have any stomach? Because this is just like yeah. the little medicine cups amount. I, I was just like, that's all I can take. And you're telling me I have to have eight of this in an hour and I can only get no one? way. No way. I know. Yeah. Possible. I actually did the food stages longer than I was supposed to because I had so much difficulty. So normally it's between four to six weeks. I did like eight to 12 and it was kind of like error because when I was reading, it said week two to three, I thought they meant two to three weeks. So oversight on my part, but I think it helped because I was able to really take my time and progress into those food groups. When I first started eating solid food or was allowed to my food was still pretty soft in texture like salmon or mm-hmm. um, I had cabbage and would boil it pretty much till it was mushable with a fork and when I would try okay this is my little two ounce serving and this teeny tiny little you know the 
Dollar Tree plastic plates mm-hmm. that's what I would buy and I put the food on there and I was like this is a joke and then I went to try to two bites so much food got wasted I was I buying from Aldi and preparing my own little meals and I wouldn't even get through I would put five containers in the fridge and I'd maybe get through two it was hard at first because I felt bad for wasting food like when you grow up and resources are short you're taught we don't waste food we don't waste mm-hmm. food in we don't waste money like you eat everything on your plate and having to accept that it is okay I can be done and I can throw this away and no one is going to die no one is going to attack you for not eating your food you can yeah not eat it and you'll be okay just eat till you're satisfied don't worry Uh about being full which was you know mental hurdle from lifelong training you're trying to reverse that yeah it's really hard when you have the amount of food that you ate before <laughs> compared to the two or three bites you can get after is like unbelievable. It's shocking to your brain. I think you're like, I can't believe it. You're full before surgery. Even if you're full, you can still keep eating. You can still keep eating. Can, girl, I'm going to finish my plate. This is, this is good. Two value meals. You know, the mm-hmm. value fries. I used to eat two by myself. And I would have one for my first show. And then the other one was for the next show. And when that was over, I was looking for, okay, I need something with crunch, with chips. Okay, what's sweet? Oh, honey, can you run to 7-Eleven and grab me a pack of M&Ms and also a bag of popcorn? And like, when I think about how we eat, or I would get up in the middle of the night and like really cry about the fact that I was hungry and send my husband out to McDonald's to get me nuggets and fries. Like when I think about the things that I accepted, I ate, I asked my husband to do, and he did willingly because he was just trying to show love to me. That's husbands. They're so sweet. They will do anything. Yeah, they're sweet, but I'm sick that I, that's what I needed. That's what I felt like I needed to be okay. And I didn't need any of that. I needed to go back to sleep is what I needed to do. Not eat Yeah. in peace and a large fry at midnight. Like, and I, I feel so bad that that's what I used to do, but I never criticized myself because that's where I was mentally. Mm-hmm. I've learned from that and I'm growing and I'm learning to make peace with Alicia that was and understand where she was mentally. She was suffering mm-hmm. a lot of mental health wise. She was dealing with a lot of trauma from birth experiences and near death experience post-op, postpartum and, you know, she was dealing with a lot and she was using food to cope. And now today I am understanding like, yeah, sometimes I don't feel okay. And that is okay to not feel okay. And some days Mm -hmm. I'm not strong and I don't have to put on this facade that I I got it all. I don't have it all. And some days I'm not going to be okay. Some days I'm not going to feel so great if the scale's not scaling the way I want it to scale. And I don't feel great about that. It's okay to feel those emotions, but I don't have to use food to fill that void. I can feel those emotions. I can journal it out. Mm-hmm. I can do something that makes me feel good instead, like working out, which is like my new obsession. That and clothes buying. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing like going into a regular size store and just knowing that you can pick something up when you've been forced to shop in the back corner of the back section of the store for your entire life or the one specialty store in the entire mall. And now the whole world is your oyster. Like that is a, it's a whole nother feeling. 
So you can go anywhere and buy clothes. Yeah. So what size tops do you wear now compared I, to what you wore before? This is actually one of my old, um, one of my old um, pieces. It's actually a 3X that I refuse to get rid of because it's just so comfy. Yeah. But like I wear large tops, large bottoms. Sometimes I buy like a medium and it's like, medium? How is that possible? Like, it just feels like that shouldn't be life. I'm accepting it. I'm embracing it you know, getting into single digits, you know, single letter clothing for me just felt weird. When I first so awesome. one XL, like there was just one X, not multiple X's, but one and just trying that on that just felt like, who am I like, mm-hmm. this isn't me, you've always been too like, it's auto just automatic try two X and go up from there. Yeah. Since elementary school. And so it, I don't know. It just, it feels good. And it, it feels like, it feels like I'm no longer a third class citizen. Have you seen anybody from high school or that were mean to you or anybody from your past that knew you when you were bigger compared to now? A lot of them follow me on social media. I don't live back home. So like mm-hmm. I'm away from home. So a lot of them follow me on social media. And um, it's interesting because I'll share anything like I'll talk hey you know this is how I'm using my planner and I get oh my gosh you look so different wow you've lost so much weight and it's mm-hmm. just like what? I'm even reading what I'm talking about mm-hmm. hear what I'm saying yeah. it's very frustrating over there it's, it's a frustrating thing because I'm talking about motherhood or I'm talking about planning over there and I made a separate account because I thought that no one would care about me trying to lose weight and then that the weight loss account is just kind of taking on its own life um but yeah they it's weird it's weird that people that used to make fun of me in high school and Mm. didn't really want to deal with me you know college or whatever um ex-boyfriends ex-boyfriends entire families it's weird it's weird but I just say oh thanks what is the brown mom experience so the brown mom experience started off as a blog that I created when I was dealing with postpartum depression shortly after the birth of my second child, Michael. I had my first and my second kid. Oh, my second child's name is Michael. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's funny. We're 10 months apart. So they're the true definition of Irish twins. Um, sometimes I worry about using that. I think it could be a slur, but I'm not trying to use it as a slur. I just don't know any other official terms to call kids close born, close together. But I dealt with postpartum really heavy. And I didn't see a lot of women of color talking about postpartum. I got two camps. One person saying, yeah, I dealt with that too, but I decided not to say anything because I was too embarrassed. Or people saying, we don't talk about that. We pray about it, go to Jesus about it. Don't put your business out there in the streets. And I was like, well, why can't I talk about the fact that I'm having these thoughts, I'm having these feelings, Mm -hmm. I'm isolated, I'm not near family, I'm alone and I'm struggling. I have two babies that are under one and I'm not doing okay. Hormonal wise, physically, emotionally, mentally, I'm not doing okay. And mm-hmm. I don't see anybody that looks like me talking about this. And that's how I started the Brown Mom Experience. And then I transformed a personal Instagram account into a business account to talk about the Brown Mom Experience there. And I um, shared that I was using planners to help me because at that time I had a baby with right torticollis and plagial cephaly and he wore a helmet mm-hmm. we had therapies literally like five times a week at some points and I had this small baby 
and all these doctor's appointments all over the state of Maryland, none close to home, and I needed to juggle it all. And I was using planning to help me juggle motherhood and then document my pregnancy when I got pregnant the third time. And then mm-hmm. when my first experience with uterine rupture happened, I had my planner to use as like pseudotherapy and track appointments because I'm going back to therapy and now I'm on medication and mm-hmm. my son still has all these doctor's appointments and now my baby has doctor's appointments and I'm juggling three kids alone in the state of Maryland without any support no real system no real security net joined church still couldn't find a security net or a community with that either I like gave it a good hard honest try and it just wasn't working um and so I just shared my journey openly and honestly. Along the way, I ended up getting contacted by, because I was posting on the blog and posting on my account, you know, from brands saying, hey, we're interested in partnering with you. Would you like to A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z? And that's how I got started doing the influencer thing. Every now and then a sponsored post or something like that, but mostly just sharing, this is how I'm doing motherhood and me planning through that process. So um, if anybody's never heard, if you go to happyplanner.com, I love their planners. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. them too. I just shared um, a reel talking about the newbie happy box. So it's going to be exciting. Ooh. What is your happy planner that you're using right now? Right now, the cover is actually their undated. Well, I have, I have it in a sleeve. I like a sleeve. The sleeve is good. And have like multiple in one. I'm very much a Franken planner. Franken planner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And dated Nikki. And that's what I'm using for like fitness and tracking everything because I am preparing to um, compete in summer shredding for June. And I am training myself. Oh, awesome. You know, been using an Olympian as my posing coach and everything like that. So like I write my workout splits and stuff and I have a section for my meal planner because I love the planner layout and it's really helpful when it comes to trying to figure out what you're going to do as a bariatric patient and kind of think ahead that way you're Uh less likely to swing through a McDonald's drive-thru it's so it keeps you organized it keeps you organized for just everything in your life your bariatric your surgeries your meals just everything it keeps everything I just I love it I mean they think of everything I think it's important to journal and stay organized it definitely is um especially when there were times in my journey where I felt like I wasn't supported in ways that I would have loved to have support having a place to journal and kind of document my journey I actually have a planner where I documented the first year of my bariatric journey and you know this is what I looked like this week this is how much weight I lost this is mm-hmm. how I'm doing here's how I the good and the bad I went ahead I shared it on Instagram as well but I shared it in that journal and it's, it's sometimes it's nice to just flip back and see where I was a year ago mentally and um, I think a year ago mentally I was questioning why I wasn't losing weight faster like I just assumed you have the surgery you'll lose the weight I didn't realize how much work goes into this it's yeah. like yeah no surgery is a tool it falls off at first I think the first month or two it just sort of you drop a lot but after that it's like I probably lose five pounds a month I don't lose that much and I'm seven months out I mean my BMI was just over 35 so I mean I didn't have that much to lose it's like five pounds a month I think 
Yeah, my BMI was close to 70. Wow. Strength was, was pretty high. And I think my BMI today is 38, 37. I don't know. I haven't done the math, but it's That's pretty amazing. Cool. That's amazing though. I bet you feel like a total different person. I, I look like a completely different person. Yeah. That's my pregnancy photo right behind me. I, you look amazing. You, you're so beautiful. And I think you're just just an incredible job and and you're a good person and I just I really love your story your Instagram is the brown mommy melts mommy melts okay I can't see it the brown mommy melts I like it I love the brown mom and I like your podcast so when you one of your episodes is about the eyebrows Mm -hmm. right you shaved your own eyebrows the first one was an accident and the other one you were like well which I could see that logic, but now it doesn't really make sense. Don't mess up the other one. <laughs> yeah. So like, but you cut the other one off too. You're like, forget it. I'm gonna cut well, it off. I couldn't make it match. So I know. So you don't know. I girls in the sixth grade were getting their eyebrows done. They were getting their nails done. I asked my mother. My mom said, no, like children are children. We don't do grown women things as a child. And I said, okay. And I got teased because I had thick eyebrows which hindsight 2020, they weren't thick. I just, I bet they were beautiful. I mean, who does not want thick eyebrows (laughs) today, but yeah, and it was like, everything was pencil thin, you know, Mm -hmm. different times, different times (laughs) I'm showing my age. So I was like, you know, I I'm going to do it myself. So mom's pink little razor out the shower. I just, Mm -hmm. this looks all right. Got confident on the other side, naked, just, it looked so bad. And I was like, I can't fix this. Like, there's no way I didn't have makeup. I had Crayola markers. Like that's I know. And no, it took him six months to grow back. And nobody noticed that in school. I'm sure people noticed it at school, but I wasn't popular. I was a, I was the good kid. I was the quiet kid. And at that time, um, we were going through a lot as a family. There was a lot on with the military at that time. It was right before 9-11 happened and, you know, the world kind of stopped. It was towards the end of the school year, but my dad was really sick and he ended up developing cancer and we didn't know it was cancer until he was sent home early from a deployment. So my mom was preoccupied and I'm the oldest, so I have to fill in where I can. And so looking at my face directly, I guess, was not a priority. And so I can't imagine. I, I didn't when I had my breast cancer and I was on chemo and I think that whole time was blur. It was just a blur. I don't, I don't even know where my kids were doing. I missed that whole time. Cause I, you know, so I can imagine she, I don't see how a mom could not notice her daughter had Crayola marker for eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> when I would sweat, it would run. I mean, that marker. Stayed oh, in man. I just, you said you were in class and they needed a black marker and they took it from you. Yeah. What did you do after? Did you get another marker? Yeah, my mom had a stash of school supplies that she oh bought. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So yeah. just went in there, grabbed another one. Oh my gosh. And all you needed was an eyebrow pencil and you would have been great, but you couldn't get that from your mom. Nope. My mom was very like, don't mess with her stuff. Like mm. she knows where things. Like she knows when I would mess inside of her cabinet with all of her beauty products. Cause I used to do that as a little girl, I wanted to be like mom, mess with mom's beauty products. And now the can of this or that is half empty. And you know, what happened? Oh, I was trying. 
So I was like, um, listen, mom's stressed. I am going to quest real well on this radar. We're not mm-hmm. rocking the boat here. <laughs> so whatever I could do to not get in trouble and to keep things copacetic, because we had a lot going on, that's what I did. And so I just kind of floated. Your mom wasn't really active when you had your children and you were home, because you talked about that in the podcast, was she there for you when you had bariatric surgery or was other family members there for you when you had bariatric surgery? No, I was actually told that I didn't need it. I didn't need to have it. Why am I doing this? Like I was questioned Mm -hmm. on it. Um, Each pregnancy was, well, why did you get pregnant? Um, Every time I came home from the hospital with a fresh C-section scar, it was like, well, so I kind of just had to go through and do things alone, which I weep for me for that. But I know to not do that to my daughters or their, my daughter-in-laws when my sons have, um, have children. Um, I know not to do that in the future to my kids. Um, I don't think my mom was in a good mental health space. She was dealing with a lot. I don't blame her. But I it is, you know, unfortunate. And I wish I would have had more support or from my in-laws as well. But. How could they say you don't need it? You had all these medical problems. You were 400 or almost 400 pounds. I'm sure I was over at some point. But how, you know. how cool would say you don't need this surgery to save your life? I can't imagine. The same people that would say that you don't need to see a therapist and you're dealing with mental mm. health don't see obesity as an illness they see that oh you're being lazy all you need to do is just get up if your bmi was that high and who would not want you to have the surgery i had a stigma when it comes to weight loss surgery a lot of people don't see obesity mm-hmm. as an illness a lot of people don't mm-hmm. understand what the surgery is and what the purpose of it is they think oh you're just doing this to get the easy way out it's like no i'm doing this as a tool to prevent me from backsliding into old habits again to help myself be successful at this attempt of weight loss to save myself. Mm-hmm. Some people get it to help them with their diabetes or PCOS symptoms. And um, it's necessary. It's definitely vital. Um, surgery scares people, of course, um, you know, because there's always a risk with surgery. But it's easy to judge someone over the phone when you don't have access to see what their daily life is like. I know you have two boys and two girls. Yes. So the oldest seven and my littlest one just turned three on Sunday, seven, six, four, and three. If I could have my boys to be seven years old again, I wish I could have my kids that age again. Oh my God, go give them lots of hugs. And you know what? Let them sleep in your bed tonight, girl. When they're big and they're gone, you're going to miss these moments where, you know, read them a book at night get all the love you want and hugs and kisses you know my my boys are big and so I'm so happy that you did this and I know your husband's excited how's he doing so he's doing great he doesn't like me preaching to him about his diet of course you know I'm yeah. studying to become a certified personal trainer and a nutrition coach so I'm going to have my certification soon but with all the education from pre-op and then now NASA. I've been preaching to him to try to get him to improve his health. And he doesn't like that because he still wants to eat all the things that he loves, but he's doing great. He loves that. I have lost this much weight. I don't think he didn't love me bigger, but he's really excited now. And he's trying to take full advantage of the new body. 
Um, he says it feels like like he's gotten a younger wife all of a sudden. He's cheating on you, girl. Her. He's cheating on you with that <laughs> one young girl. <laughs> he's gotten, like, I've done reverse aging. I look younger than I did when we met. So yeah, you look great. Your pictures, your befores and now, I mean, you, you're, it's, it's amazing how your face is just so much brighter and your eyes are wider. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I literally used to say when I would wake up at night, I feel like I'm dying. I don't, I'm not dying anymore. I am not, I am, I have renewed life. I'm so thankful to God for the opportunity because it is by his grace that everything fell in line because it, I shouldn't, one shouldn't be here. Uterine rupture twice, you know, suicide survivor, all the things. And then everything was against me to not have this surgery, a malware attack. They don't have the files. They don't yep. need the opportunity. And I said, if I had a chance, I was going to take full advantage. And I have done that. Mm-hmm. And I'm still taking full advantage. I'm still pushing forward. And now we're doing everything it takes to shred and prepare for our bodybuilding competition. Literally. Oh my God. So the by bodybuilding competition, do you mean the one where you're in a bikini up front? Or do you mean like a deadlifting and uh, Bench like, pro- and heels I got the heels right here you want to see oh so you're gonna do the bathing suit one yes oh yes. my gosh the heels are right here I call them my glass slippers they're from the shoe fairy and they are gorgeous like they're not your regular oh like, my gosh they're, they're so pretty gorgeous <gasps> those are so pretty soft like you would think this would be hard to walk. This is like soft and plushy mm-hmm. and the plastic is soft. And I am not- Well, because it has that platform. So it doesn't feel like you're, it looks like it's a higher heel, but because of the platform, you're actually not that high. So it's yeah. easier to walk on. Yeah, but I'm not a heels wearer at all. Like I missed that class of little children 101 where you walk in mom's heels. And yeah, I, I've always been a dinosaur in heels. So well, I'm saying, so yeah. So like if your heel is five inches- long but the platform part on the front is two and a half inches then you're really walking on two and a half inches of heel right so that's why it looks like you're wearing these huge high heels but it's so easy to walk on because really you're just walking on two and a half inches which is easy it looks beautiful it's going to elongate your legs it's going to give you better posture I'm practicing. I'm I'm not very good at heel walking, but I am going to be fantastic. I am going to have the baddest walk and the baddest pose. I can't wait. Girl, that's so exciting. I think it's important to have a goal, whether some people with bariatrics, their goal is like they want to run a marathon or it was one lady that wants to do skydiving. She's always wanted to do it, but you can't be over. I think it's 250 pounds. So how much weight do you need to lose? Should I say how much muscle? Because you're going to be gaining muscle. How are you eating, getting in that protein for that? So I get most of my protein directly from protein source. I eat a lot of seafood. So crab, shrimp, salmon. I'm going to be switching from salmon to tilapia pretty soon to lower that fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, my eating hasn't changed much because I'm still losing losing weight. Um, I lift five days a week. I do progressive overload style weight 
lifting, I've increased my cardio to try to reduce some abdominal fat. But the do you do CrossFit or HIT or like what, what, what's your exercise plan he has you on? Or just, you're just lifting weights? I programmed my own plan myself. I had okay. a coach and then my coach dropped me because I asked for, you know, something new. And my coach said, oh, well, I can no longer coach you. And I said, okay, well, you know, God knows best and he hears conversations I can't. And so if I'm going to do this journey alone, we're going to do it by ourselves. But um, I trained my, wrote my programs out to do progressive overload training and to really work on muscle groups that will help give me the um, slim waistline and broad shoulders and to really focus on showing the best physique possible for stage. The division is called transformation. And so it highlights people who have made a major transformation in their life, whether it's weight loss or it is um, like surviving cancer or maybe overcoming addiction. And, and so people are showcasing their story. And I'm looking to not just place because I've never had a woman of color place top 10 or top five. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to be the first woman of color to win. Before, when you were at your biggest, did you ever have a hard time like wearing a bathing suit or being naked? Like, how are you going to get out there in a bathing suit in front of everybody? Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Well, when I was bigger, I don't think I knew how big I was until I started taking full body photos. Because mm -hmm. at that time, I found my angle and knew how to take my photo to submit information for a campaign. Um, and if my husband took my photo, I was like, oh, you're not taking the picture, right? You don't got my angle, but it was just, he was taking a picture of what he saw. So I don't think I really knew how big I was then. Um, and, you know, until I started this process of weight loss surgery. So I wore bikinis from Torrid. Um, they weren't like you would wear for um, on stage, but um, now I am doing everything that it takes to make sure that I'm putting forth the best presentation on stage, I am not scared to wear a bikini. I'm actually really excited about it. I am in the process of working on a special cut for Transformation Division with the company. I can't really talk about that too much. Oh, but I can't imagine. It's going to be so pretty. You're going to feel like a princess. I'm excited. I'm excited to do everything. There's a lot that goes into it. Nails and hair and makeup. Oh, yeah. it's Some people tan. I don't really think I'm going to need no. tan. But um. Well, the reason they do that is because their skin is so fair that because uh, I'm light skinned, but I, I have more Spaniard in me, um, French. And so uh, my skin is lighter. My, my siblings are like, a few of them are really darker. It's because their skin is so fair. It doesn't show up the muscles. You can't really see the definition of the muscles. So that's why they do the dark, you know, the darker skin to really... Yeah. To really show off the muscle definition. Mm -hmm. but yeah, it definitely makes sense. I don't think that I'm going to have. No, that. you don't need it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it and making sure that you are being really on top of your diet so you can give that best presentation possible. Um, I think I might be going a little harder than most competitors because I've done so much research about the show and body building in general. Um, so exciting I'm, I'm taking it a little more serious than the average competitor but I'm really excited I'm excited to put forth my best package and it's given me another milestone to work towards one of my milestones was to be able to do a 5k at run Disney next month and 
we're doing that with the family and then the next milestone is this and then we're going to keep going from there i like having something to work towards yeah you'll have to send a before and after picture of when you for this competition how many months do you have to get ready for that so it's in june this um, year yeah oh, i've wow. actually been preparing since may of last year when i first decided you know i think i might want to try this and i wanted to do the october show but to present my best physique, I decided to wait to do June to give myself the most time to try to lose as much body fat as possible and really build muscle definition so that I can bring the best physique and best package possible because, you know, it's your first impression will determine whether you make, you know, top 20 or top 10 and whether your story gets played for the world and then based on your story and your stage presentation will determine how you place and so that is so exciting. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. I'm so happy for you. I love that. I love that. That's, that's a first I've never heard a uh, non-skill victory like that. That's, I love that one. Yeah, that's cool. No, I love that. How about your mom and your family now? Do they love who you are now and realize now that this was the best thing for you? Um, so my family has always loved me. They show love in different ways. Of course, we all have our own love languages, but they have been since watching me make all of these changes and not just changes mentally, but, you know, physically as well. They are so blown away. They're like, oh my gosh, you're smaller than you were in high school and you look so good and you look so healthy. It was, mm. I, went home, I went home for Thanksgiving and it was nice to see everyone and them react to me being so little they're like oh I thought you were one of the kids I'm like no just me you know I'm the same person um but it was nice to be able to see them see me and react to me like I've sent them pictures and you know but it's nothing like seeing somebody in the flesh and um it was really nice that they were so warm and welcoming to me um and they've never they didn't agree with weight loss surgery but once I went through the process and I did what I needed to do to be successful. Um, my mom's attitude towards weight loss surgery has changed because her experience was a coworker that lost 40 pounds and then gained it all back plus more. Mm -hmm. And so she was on the side of, it doesn't really work, but she's seen me and now she's telling that coworker, oh, well, my daughter did this and my daughter did that. And she's the one on Instagram policing when people steal my photos. And she's like, oh, this person stole your photos. And I'm just like, okay, mom. <laughs> So, oh, so she's defending you now. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I like to always ask, do you have any advice for someone who is pre-op, who has had a hard childhood or someone like you or just anyone pre-op or post-op that you want to give any tips or tricks or any um, words of wisdom to them? Yes, so I've got a, a few. One, take all the photos, every angle, all the outfits, even if you don't feel like it, take those photos. Because when you're further along in your journey and you can look back at how far you've come, sometimes that's the encouragement you need to, to move forward. So take the photos now, even though you don't want to take them, they are really helpful in your future. And I would say to keep going. This process is a lot, especially pre-op, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. And you're just so excited to get started. But I would say, keep that enthusiasm and just trust this journey and this process. You're going to get your surgery date. A lot of people have written me because their surgeries are getting canceled because of 
you know, increased COVID rates, but yeah. they will get rescheduled and you will have your opportunity, but it doesn't just start when you have surgery. It starts now. The lifestyle starts now. Start making those changes. Start making simple swaps from those comfort foods that you had to maybe something a little healthier. You don't have to give up everything right away, but start making those changes now because when you start making them now, they won't feel so drastic in the future. Print out the information the doctor gives you as far as it comes to your diet because you will refer to it. It will be more helpful <laughs> than some appointments with a dietitian. Um, yeah. Information they give you, print it out, put it in a book, put it in a binder, put it in an app planner. And, and keep that so you can refer back and say, okay, what is it they said about this? What is it they said about that? Have those guides so that you can help yourself throughout your journey. And my last tip would be celebrate the entire journey because it's worth celebrating your entire journey, all the small things, all the little things. Oh, my seatbelt feels a little bit better and I can click it now. Or I used to have to, push really far back on the steering wheel and now I don't have to, or, oh, wow, these pants are a little bit looser now, or, oh man, I think I need a new bra because my boobs just slipped out the bottom. Like all of those things, they are worth celebrating. Celebrate all the things, that five pounds, those 10 pounds. Don't wait until you hit a major milestone. Celebrate the entire journey because you are worth celebrating. Taking time to care for yourself and pour into yourself is the best gift you can give yourself because it not only rewards you it rewards those around you because you're a better blessing to others when you can do more that was perfect I love that and I like the uh celebrate the little things because I think we we get so caught up in the number sometimes I want to lose this much more and I and that becomes our addiction instead of food we're just like oh with the number the number the scale scale so I, I like that because I think the little things do matter even just when somebody gives you a compliment Please. that you haven't seen in a long time like that is like thank you so much like that is so sweet like you appreciate those things so I I love that I'm so glad I got to stop and sit and chat with you for a little bit Thank you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my journey on your show. I'm so excited. Um, I'm just so thankful that you even asked me because I'm just over in my own little world, just trying to take care of my family. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you, girl. Thanks. Talk soon. And don't forget to send me those pictures. I am so excited. I want to see the video of you walking I can't wait. I think that's going to be like the whole experience of your childhood and everything you've been through and at the struggles. That's going to be such a victory in your mind and your body and your spirit. I just think that's a beautiful thing to do that you're that you're trying to achieve. I appreciate that. Yes. So the show, all the shows, the previous shows are on their YouTube channel and the, they broadcast it live on YouTube when they do it. It's actually in Stafford, Texas. Stafford, Texas. To the show. Um, but um, yeah, I- Can I you send me that link? Yeah, I can. Um, so- Awesome. I need to go to, I, we can go to that. That'd be cool. Well, yeah. So I, I'm doing a little segment for YouTube. That's, it's going to be titled Road to the Stage, Mommy's Road to the Stage, where I'm going to be documenting, oh, this is what I was doing in month six, month five, month four, month three, month two. 
little series um, and I have a compilation video of my VSG journey because I didn't do individual month videos for my YouTube channel, even though people requested it. Maybe I'll do it. Is there an age limit? Or no. you can be old. You can be really old. <laughs> you are young and beautiful. Girl, stop. But yes, come do it. Let's do it. Let's have a sisterhood on the stage. That come would on. be so cool to have other people do that. Last year, they had this past October, there were 75 women on stage. It was a long division. I watched the entire thing. I was taking notes. I was like, oh, okay, do this. Don't do that. Do this. Definitely try that. Like, all the things I've been studying. I'm telling Don't you. stick your butt out that way. <laughs> like all the things. Yes. Like yeah. what we want to do everything. I'm just I'm so excited. And like you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. Speaking, I've been manifesting that I'm going to win transformation June 2022. Been manifesting this since May of last year. So I am at this point I'm coming and I'm going to win and I'm putting for you already action. won. You already won, girl. Even you already won. Just the fact that I'm doing this is a win in my book. So, yeah. but I'm going to win. Like, I'm just. <laughs> you already won. Work on the next thing because you already won that. Well, we got to get heels. These heels. But we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We're keep practicing every night. We'll keep playing our music. Keep posing. Yep. We're going to get it. All right, girl. I'll see you later. Thank you. Have a good evening. Yes, ma'am. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast. And check us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash fairy diaries for more exclusive content, deep dives, and info on upcoming events. Don't forget, follow us on social media. See you there.